0: Hello everybody and welcome to Friend Diagram. This is the podcast where two friends catch up and find common ground between their favorite
1: media. I'm Remy. I'm Kat. Today, we are doing a Top 5 episode and we will be ranking our favorite five supporting characters across any type of media. Warning, there may be spoilers ahead.
0: There will definitely be spoilers ahead. There will definitely many be things. spoilers ahead. <laughs> Too many to list at the top. So just stay on your feet. Beware. <laughs> and we'll tell you what each person is potentially spoiling. So yeah, we'll try to remember that to tell you what the piece is at the top and whether you need to skip ahead or not. hmm Yeah, so today we're doing a top five. This is going to be a recurring theme. And we thought this would be a really fun one to start off with because it's such a broad category, mm-hmm. um, supporting characters. And to be honest, I don't know if I could give you a great definition of what a supporting character is, like in a precise categorical way. Mm-hmm. So some of mine, I felt like, ooh, this is like maybe infringing on main character territory, but I don't think so. I think the case can be made that they're all supporting.
1: I feel like a supporting character to me is a character that didn't get enough screen time, in my opinion. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like, I wanted more of that character and I never feel like I can get enough, even if they've gotten quite a bit of screen time. So that's kind of my operational definition.
0: Yeah. And a lot of the people I'm considering or including are part of like a large ensemble mm-hmm. cast for something. And like, just by definition, either no one is that central or there's like one central person and everyone else has like a big chunk, but they're I wouldn't call them the main character. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's some, there's degrees of freedom.
1: So I was thinking that we could go through our lists in reverse order and um, flip back and forth for each of our picks. So Remy, would you like to start us off with your fifth best supporting character?
0: Yeah. um, So one thing I want to say from the top is that you could probably... Put, put mine in any order whatsoever and i'd be like yeah that looks like a that looks like a good rank because i they're all so well regarded by me that the they're all number rank one. one through five <laughs> they're all number one <laughs> i'm just gonna i just kind of randomly selected rankings right before we started so okay. i i'm not gonna go to go to the mat for these rankings but you know they're all good they're all good <laughs> They're all good dogs. <laughs> so <laughs> that Thursday night exhaustion. Hysterical this is laughing and time to do
1: recordings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> number five. My number five best accord support, best supporting character. Um okay, big spoiler. Actually very central huge spoiler for the book. Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir.
1: Starting off strong.
0: Starting off strong. So if you have not read that book, firstly, I highly recommend Project Hail Mary. It's an excellent book. It got me out of quite a reading slump and just made me so happy. God it was good. Mm. Um and I just think you should go into that book not understanding the larger premise at hand because it's really rewarding mm-hmm. when it sneaks up on you. Um, and so I would just specifically say this is probably the most important spoiler warning I will be giving because once you understand this is an element of the book, you you can't undo that, you know? Um, and so, okay. So now that that warning's out of the way, um, God, m- one of my all-time favorite supporting characters is the character Rocky from Project Hail Mary. And if you've read this book, um, you know that this is an alien life form that the main character of the book, who's like a human, not an astronaut, he's a human science teacher from Earth. Grace is his last name. Ryland Grace is his full name. And <laughs> I'm just recalling these things <laughs> in real time. Yeah, we
1: didn't do our studying, I feel like, <laughs> for this episode.
0: <laughs> when it's so many pieces of media, yeah, I'm just ad living what my thoughts are. So, uh, the basic premise of this book is that there are these single cell or like very simple organisms in space that are technically alien life forms that are, uh, basically consuming the energy of the sun, um, in our solar system. And, uh, the humans on earth basically have to hustle to, Try to find a way to prevent this from happening because it's going to lead to an imminent ice age, basically. And Rylan Grace, the main character, becomes enmeshed in making this plan to save the Earth because he, um, helped to discover them or characterize them really early on. And I do want to take it out. This book is on my list to discuss in the future. Uh, as like my like central piece of media. So I'm going to try to prevent myself from going into the whole thing Mm -hmm. and what I like about it. So focusing on the character of Rocky, he comes into the story, you know, at least a quarter or a third way into the book. And he is a more complex alien life form that Ryland Grace meets out in space. And he's hard to describe, I'm using the pronoun he because that's what they use in the book, but I don't know if he actually has a gender. And he's, I think he has five legs and feet and has like a carapace, um, akin to an arachnid of some sort. And he's just like a fascinating being. And the thing that I love about Rocky so much is... His enthusiasm for friendship. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it is so overwhelmingly wholesome mm-hmm. and just nourishes the mind. Yeah. His dedication to being friends with the main character. And he is a great problem solver. They work so well together and they're just so dedicated to helping one another mm-hmm. and just working as such a nice wholesome team that it breaks my heart how much I love him (laughs) (sighs) Rocky's beautiful I just love their friendship and he he's such a great character I mean there's very few characters in the book so
1: (laughs) I also love that they have so many differences between their like species and culture um Mm -hmm. that they both think each the other is like Kind of a little bit odd, but they mm-hmm. band together despite the differences, and mm-hmm. and Rocky wants to watch him sleep.
0: <laughs> I know, and he wants to watch him sleep because it's like the proper custom. Oh god, it's so cute, and like he just provides such a a great foil or counterpoint to human customs, mm-hmm. and just like the the nature of being a biological human and how that influences how you conceive of time Mm -hmm. and um, sight and everything. Like, it's what a great writing device Mm -hmm. to have two disparate species have to find a way to work together, making you think about just what it means to be human. That's good work, Andy. We are good work. <laughs> That's my my number five slot.
1: So my number five pick, I don't even remember the character's name. That's how little studying I did for this. Beautiful. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go with Robert Pattinson in Tenet, um, ah. which is the Christopher Nolan movie that came out in 2020.
0: I want to say 2021, but I'm not certain.
1: Um. I don't really remember much about this movie at all except Uh for the visuals and that I really liked Robert Pattinson's character. He provided a really Uh nice contrast to everyone else in the movie. I just really felt like he relieved the dramatic tension very well without being, like, overtly funny. He was just funny enough, I felt like, in the movie to kind of relieve the tense action scenes. And he wears this suit <laughs> when he goes to the art gallery
0: um, uh-huh. in the
1: airport. And I just love that suit. And I think about that suit constantly. And I... Tell me about it. Um, it is... I don't know anything about this suit except for... Is it gray? It's gray, but it has little threads of color through it. I'll find uh-huh. a picture really quick because it huh. deserves a visual... Okay.
0: Oh, it's killing me that I can't think of his character's name. I know he has a name.
1: I'll find it in a minute. His name is Neil. Ah, oh, Neil. Okay. His name is Neil. Because the and main character is just the protagonist. Yeah, the protagonist. Oh, And now I'm remembering the scene at the end. Oh, and the keychain. When you find yeah. out what he's... Yeah, I do love the keychain part. I don't know how to make this bigger. No. No. <laughs> It was like, would you like to drag this image?
0: Would you like to email this image to your (laughs) boss?
1: (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I just, I really like his wardrobe in this movie. Um, I'm seeing other pictures and I'm just kind of like, wow. Wow. Um,
0: Wow, what a wardrobe.
1: What a wardrobe. They like, I want to wear all of these clothes. (laughs) Okay. Okay.
0: This is so interesting that it really like stuck suit. out to you. Oh, wow, <laughs> that's a lovely outfit. I
1: this so much. Um, you know... And also, this outfit is so good. Oh, he does look good in that scarf. That's I nice. like this outfit. Okay, anyways. 10 out of 10 on this the costume. This is costuming. fascinating to
0: me that <laughs> this is what stood out to you in that movie. Yeah. I'll tell you what stood out to me. Every time I watch this at home, uh, I think... I'm usually watching it with my partner because mm-hmm. he bought it or something mm-hmm. and watches it sometimes. And every time I cannot stop talking about how tall that lady is yeah. and how long her neck is. Yeah. It is insane. I just cannot stop thinking about how <laughs> tall she is. And I'm just like,
1: yeah. damn.
0: <laughs> What a
1: neck. <laughs> what, to be that tall, yes. <laughs> to be that tall. Um, but yeah, I just really, I felt like this was an iconic, like, performance from Robert Pattinson. Um, I don't know. I didn't really like him in the lighthouse. I It wasn't that I didn't like him. I just didn't like the lighthouse. And I think that this was the first movie that I'd seen with Robert Pattinson since that. And it it just like showed me that he was returning to the screen in a way that I was really enjoying and was very excited to see develop.
0: Can I give you one final thought about this character? Please do. Um, I liked him fine, you know, the first run through of watching the movie. And then I watched some commentary videos about it on YouTube afterwards. And someone pointed out a theory, which I think has to be correct because it made me like and understand the movie much more the next time around and it is that Robert Pattinson is the son of the main
1: I have tall heard woman that yeah
0: that is like all of her motivation is to protect her son mm-hmm. and because you know spoiler we find out Robbie is from the future yeah and aiding the protagonist um from the future timeline and whatever,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, they make sense. And I was just like, you know what? I really hope that's true. Cause it, it gives me a, an emotional anchor w- within which to understand this film, yeah. at least on a human level, if not in a metaphysical level.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it makes so much more sense too, that, he understands everything that's going on in a way mm-hmm. that makes him cool as a cucumber the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I never cool see as him a diet coke. <laughs> cool as <a> diet coke. <laughs> um, <laughs> I never see him get flustered, and I think that it was just a really interesting writing of that character. I suppose. Um, Robbie Pat, I really like his suit. <laughs> Great.
0: That's like the definition of a supporting character. Good choice. All right. I'm moving on to my number four, who uh, I really wanted to go back this week. I I thought of her very early on in this process Mm -hmm. as like a quintessential supporting character that I have. She really sticks in the mind, you could say. But I could not find this series available on, on streaming under any of my current subscriptions unfortunately but my number four supporting character is log lady from twin peaks
1: (laughs) oh i haven't seen twin peaks Uh, i thought that was on netflix i know you haven't
0: seen it was maybe it's on hulu now the reason i have seen it i checked it's just not there right now i'm hoping it will come back at some point You gotta watch it. I think you would love it. We've had this convo several times on how I think it's like the spiritual predecessor to X Files, and therefore you would probably like it a lot. Oh yeah, totally. But Log Lady, wow, what a character! She. This, I mean, talk about an ensemble cast. There's like fucking forty people on the cast of this show, Mm -hmm. and. Log lady doesn't get a ton of screen time, doesn't get a ton of dialogue. But when she's on screen, wow, she is commanding <laughs> in that she is mysterious, enigmatic. <laughs> she's got an attitude and purpose and some cryptic information that she that her log wants you to know, and she's gonna tell it to you because her log. Does she have a log? for you. She holds a log, yes. sorry, A log as back in log a lady, wood? Or a tree log? Okay. it's <laughs> like, a does tree, she have a, piece a, of a, like, tree. a written log? Or, she holds something? this piece of a tree as if it might be uh, an infant or some such thing I'm that you hold so to your excited torso. I'm about this one. <laughs> <laughs> she has a real name. It's escaping me
1: right now. I I like Log Lady. Margaret something. I was really kind of (laughs) hoping that that would be how she was referred to. Everyone
0: calls her Log Lady, but she does have a name. I just can't recall. It's Margaret something uh, or something close to that. But, (laughs) God, her outfits are killer. She wears a lot of turtleneck heavy cardigan combos. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she walks around this town of twin peaks the series you know created by david lynch Mm -hmm. and uh talks to people and kind of mediates conversations between people and her log if if possible because
1: do you find out what the is the log really talking you don't have to tell me but you can (laughs) you can tell me if you find out
0: if I knew, I would tell you. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> I love a
0: mystery. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> that's the core of what I love about her is that she is so mysterious. Mm-hmm. And it, it. I find it very compelling. Uh, I find her attitude and her approach to life compelling. Mm-hmm. She just is out there doing whatever she wants. If she's in the diner and she's done chewing her gum, she's just going to spit it on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and then tell you something from her log I don't know It's just incredible The way she is mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a very aspirational energy for me <laughs> And that's why I love her It's very simple You know mm-hmm. She's just out there doing her thing Yeah Hanging out with her log and That's what I want to be I just want
1: to be like that <laughs> My number four pick is... I don't know. I'm debating making a last minute switch. I feel like I'm Do it. Go with your gut. Yeah, I'm d- going to do a bait and switch. That'll be on my honorable mentions instead. Um I'm going to talk about Cathbad <sighs> from the Ruth Galloway series. <laughs> I felt like this I was, was a little niche. Um This is our pod. You can make it as niche as you want. I know. I know. But also, I think that this is a really great chance to recommend this series to people because mm-hmm. it's really fantastic. I'm sure we will both talk about this again at some point. Um, but Cathbad, I forget his real name. Cathbad is his druid name, and he is a character in the Ruth Galloway series by Ellie Griffiths, and it is a mystery novel series that is centered around archaeology. The main character is a forensic archaeologist, and this was actually a book series that Remy recommended to me, and I liked it so much that I'm obsessed with it now. Um, I really like Cathbad because he is a very mysterious person. You never really know what exactly (laughs) is going on inside of his head. He is a... Staff scientist by day at the university that Ruth works at, so he ties back his hair and is in like a white lab yes, coat. His ponytail, <laughs>
0: yeah. his ponytail. Everybody. But by
1: night, he wears this purple cloak and yes, has his I hair down. I was dying for you to mention the cloak, and like you get a certain image in your mind of what this person would be like, and. I find that the image that I conjured up when I first read about this character was very different from how this character presents himself. He's very insightful and observational. I kind of expected him to be a little more whimsical than he is. He's very realistic and down-to-earth mm-hmm. for someone who is druidic and... um. Throws bonfire parties on the beach for pagan goddesses. And but yeah, I just love that he's very insightful. He's always in the right place at the right time. He's always right
0: about everything. He's always right like, about everything.
1: He's just totally. so right Yeah. He's so quiet in the books that you almost forget that he's there and is an important character. And then he always pops up right when you need him. <sighs> I just love him so much. Um, when I first started reading these books, I was telling my mom about this this book series I was recommended that I thought she would really like it. And she was like, oh, I've already read all the books. Um, do you like the Druid character? He's my favorite. Do you like Cathbad? <laughs> and I swear, we had like a 30-minute discussion about how amazing Cathbad is. And yeah, it's... It's a really high-quality character, very high-quality book series, and I highly recommend that. Yeah.
0: That's so good. Yeah, he's great. And I feel like one of the things I like about him is, you're correct, he's like very insightful and observant and goes so well with his character because it's almost like he can make these observations because he's uninhibited by normie thought patterns Mm -hmm. basically. Like he's a free thinker and in that free thinking he can see things for what they are. (sighs) And that's where his real insight springs from. (laughs) And it's great. Yeah. Uh wonderful. So then I'll move on to my number three. Oh god, yes. Oh, this is great. We're getting we're getting good, (laughs) man. (laughs) Okay. My number three Supporting character is the Hound from Game of Thrones, a.k.a. Sandor Clegane.
1: Yes. Oh,
0: man. A long-time favorite character of mine. An important note, though, I'm speaking specifically about the television series. I haven't read the books. I know (laughs) there's differences in the presentation of this character, I don't know what the fuck he does in the books. Sorry. I only know the TV show, and I love his character on the fucking show. (laughs) He's my favorite character on that show. He's amazing. (laughs) And let me tell you why. (laughs) Um, what I like about him, A, his attitude. It's bad. (laughs) (laughs) But so much. no, but I love so deserving him. i mean it's appropriate for every occasion oh, because so everything sucks yeah so but he he has great. like
1: such sweet characteristics too like mm-hmm. especially when he is with um aria, aria. yes oh
0: best pairing of characters in so that whole fucking show mm-hmm. was when they were just out on the road, out on those horses and or single horse. Oh, man, <laughs> what a fucking team they were. Loved it. That was my favorite part of the whole thing, uh-huh. it was just them on the road being amazing and just saying, fuck the king, because they both- Fuck the king. You know? <laughs> That's the best common ground you could have. Fuck the king. And what I... The core feature that I love about him is he was a dynamic character because he seemed to be one of the only people that um, had like a firm hold on his own moral code Mm -hmm. that was self-prescribed. And when he decided that working for the king was fucked up he'd quit and when he decided you know i should help aria start he fucking did it mm-hmm. and he i just loved how he decided in any given situation what he thought the right thing was mm-hmm. and that's one of my favorite core features of of any character is someone that has a very strong internal moral code Mm -hmm. and from an outside perspective maybe sometimes that makes him look like a bad guy but um i don't know he was i thought he was excellent and i just liked the way you kind of over the seasons saw how he developed and um responded to what was going on around him Mm -hmm. and yeah I don't know yeah I was I'll whenever we talk about that series I'll I can get into it more but that's the broad strokes what a character
1: yeah that's a really good pick I didn't even think about Game of Thrones at all honorable mention is the dragons (laughs) the dragons are my (laughs) favorite supporting character (laughs) my number three pick is Tom Cullen from the stand um I had a I had a really hard time with the stand because that is another ensemble of characters in which um there's so many of them, and the book is so long that it's really hard to distinguish who is a side character or a supporting character from who is a main character
0: mm-hmm. and you're specifically speaking about the Stephen King book, The Stand, yes, and not the uh, many failed.
1: Yes. Yeah, I haven't. Television I haven't watched any of the t- TV series. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, I'm talking only about the book. Um, Tom Cullen. I don't remember how he and Nick Andros. Um,
0: oh, Nick's my favorite.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he felt too I much of Nick a main Andrus. character for me, though. Like he had main mm. character energy for me. Um, yeah. But Tom Cullen is such a lovable character. He and Nick Andrus are traveling um, together and Nick Andrus is deaf, but Tom Cullen just ends up being the most heartwarming character and very extremely important for the plot, um, which I don't think I'll go too far into, but um He just has these very funny ways of speaking where Mm -hmm. everything is my laws and oh, laws. (laughs) (laughs) And whenever he wants to make a point, uh, he goes, M O O N that spells whatever he's talking about, which it definitely doesn't spell. Yeah. Um, and he's just the sweetest character. Um, And definitely just like warmed my heart in a way that that book would have had trouble doing without a character like that, because the themes that are happening in that book is so heavy and it's really nice to just meet this character that is untouched by all of it and is just, um, a happy, thoughtful, loving person that isn't driven by, the external motivating factors that a lot of these people are. He is not um, driven by this survival instinct that makes people cutthroat in this horrible, horrible world that has been just like stripped of humanity by a horrible pandemic. And there's like looting that's happening and killing and just these horrible things, and then you have Tom Cullen in the middle of it all, who kind of saves the day, and uh, he just is unable to be touched by all of the bad in the world. And I just love that about him, and he makes my heart really happy. So that's why he's number three on my list.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah. Wow, what a book!
1: Great. Book. Uh, I want to reread it. I was just talking with uh, my partner about that book today, and. Mm -hmm. I was just saying, I really want to reread it because we're far enough out of the pandemic that I don't think it'll be too bothersome. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So my number two pick. Wow. This is great. I'm just so pleased with (laughs) with everyone I chose. Number two. My, uh, yeah, is, I don't think, I'm trying to think if they have a last name. I don't think they do. It's Claire from Fleabag. Claire is the central character's uh, sister, and this is the BBC slash Amazon television show series Fleabag starring and written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And in the show, Claire is her sister, and I, man... I love this character Claire for so many reasons. I mean, I love that series. That mm-hmm. is a oh man, top tier. It's battling up there for number 1 all the time in my heart as my favorite series. It's 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 up there. It's on the map for sure. Do you
1: like both seasons equally? Yes. Oh, okay. No.
0: No. Not equally. I love them both, okay. but the second one is definitely my favorite. Oh,
1: really? I was uh, expecting the first oh, one yeah. to be your favorite.
0: I like the first one in many ways, but it took some time to gain momentum yeah. for me. Like, I don't love the first two or three episodes, that's but fair. I think the rest are really strong. Mm-hmm. But season two is wall-to-wall yeah, masterpiece. It's that's really good. The season opener for season two might be the most perfect episode of television ever crafted. I can't wait to fucking talk about that as my main media. I gotta watch that again. I'm gonna try to stay on topic Mm -hmm. as best as I can because I'm talking about Claire. I find her relatable. I find her sometimes an extreme example of the things that I think uh, to the point that it's very funny because it's like, oh, yeah, I guess, like if when you take the sentiment, these sentiments to such an extreme, I see how humorous they are, mm-hmm. and I think that's good as like a a way to recognize when you have ridiculous thoughts mm-hmm. and to laugh at yourself in that way. Um, but uh, she demonstrates really good growth. Yeah. Um. Ac- across these very short. Um, uh, a very small number of episodes and she just has some of the best lines of dialogue (laughs) in the entire series and I mean I don't want to spoil too much but like there's a line that she delivers in the series finale the final episode of season two when she's uh, basically breaking up with her husband and uh, uh, it's it's a whole thing, I can't unpack all of it, but every time I watch it, and I've watched it many times, I just fucking shout out loud, like, oh my <laughs> god, that's so devastatingly good. Like, it is such a devastating uh, delivery of this line, uh, It it drives me insane how much I love it, mm-hmm. and she's just she's a great character she delivers a lot of good truths she's a good foil for the main character Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and she's ah she's great
1: yeah i really love when they like lie to her about planning a surprise party for her like that's Mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. he's trying to hide from her or whatever and she's like you know what i'll just do it (laughs) She like yeah, plants her whole surprise party. It's so cute. I mean, that would be me. That would one hundred
0: percent be me. Yeah. I'd rather die than be a participant in a surprise party. For me, yeah. So I'd much rather plan it for myself. Like, yeah. I I totally am there with her on so many things.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I completely agree. I love that character. Love Claire. I think it's really interesting how you mentioned her growth and she grows from this person that needs to live in denial about her life and like the state that her life is in to kind of Mm -hmm. keep it all together to someone who is okay with kind of burning down the bridge while she's standing on it. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that um, it was just a really interesting thing to watch because when you first start the show, you're kind of, just frustrated that she can't see things for how they are yeah. and that she would rather burn a bridge with her sister who albeit is not the most trustworthy <laughs> of the bunch, um, than deal with realities that are like staring her in the face. And mm-hmm. I think that her, her plot line is very important.
0: Yeah. It's so satisfying yeah. when she eventually like not only, disregards the things that are toxic, but goes after the things she actually likes and enjoys and loves and goes after the things that will make her happy. That is so satisfying to see. Because you've been just desperately wanting her to do that the whole time. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Um, Are we on our number two? Yeah, that was my number two. I'm not sure if this could be on your list. You've only got one left. so. Um, I'll be so fucking pissed if you
0: (laughs) take my number one. If you scoop me on my number one, I don't think you will. The odds are no, but if you do, (laughs) it's
1: over. (laughs) It's over. This podcast is done. This is our final episode. Um, So my number two is um, Duncan Idaho. (laughs) And also, uh, I have in parentheses, and also Duke Atreides in Dune, uh, specifically in the movie, uh, not in the book. Um, I don't remember as much about the books. I know that I liked both and of you these characters. The, the
0: 2021 Denis Villeneuve mm-hmm. Dune film, yes. correct? Yes. Not yeah. the David Lynch.
1: I have not seen the David Lynch film. Um, But yes, so my partner really likes the book Dune. So I read that a couple of years ago and did like both of these characters in the book. Um, But I thought that the casting for these two characters um, was fantastic. So Duncan Idaho is played by Jason Momoa. And then um, Duke Atreides is played by Oscar Isaac And I think that they were both perfect choices for this role. Um, I have bullet points describing these two characters. Hot as hell. (laughs) So sweet. (laughs) For both. (laughs) Be my dad. And then uh, Golden Retriever Energy. Mostly for Duncan Idaho. That only applies to Duncan Idaho. But um, I thought both of these characters were really fantastically done. Duncan, Idaho, specifically, really offsets the general moodiness that is brought on by the situation that the main character is in. I think that you kind of need this like really fun- loving, um playful character to come in and just kind of lighten up the mood a lot. I love the scene where Paul, the main character, is just like seeing Duncan Idaho for the first time in a long time and like yeah. runs into his ah. arms. And I'm like, this is ah. everything. I just want Jason Momoa to wrap me in his arms. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: My sweet boys.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought that that casting really made the movie work for me. Um, I felt very strongly about. Those characters' plot lines, and I'm very, mm-hmm. spoiler, I'm very sad that they won't be in the future movies. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But, oh, yeah, both. Yeah, both
0: of them. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, though, something I really, it's interesting how you pointed out his more, Duncan Idaho specifically, his more playful energy. Yeah. And I totally agree with that. And I think it's an interesting choice because he's by far one of the most capable characters yes. in the film at his yeah. role. He's mm-hmm. excellent at what he does, and yet he still brings a levity. And I think yeah. that's something you don't find very often. Like Often the very capable, dedicated person, especially someone who's very capable of violence is a very serious character yeah, and doesn't bring a, a lightness or a playfulness. And there's something really refreshing about someone who is that capable um, at everything that he does, but is still bringing more humor to the situation than even Paul, who's just like a trainee, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think even in just this, <sighs> I can't remember if it's just... How many movies are there going to be? Three? I don't think we know. Well, we only saw a fraction of the the contents of the book in the first movie. And Mm -hmm. in that short span of time, I think that both of these characters had much more satisfying... Like, they spent enough time on the character arcs to make them satisfying. Because Mm -hmm. I was so sad when you lose both of these characters in the book, because I was just in it for those characters. I thought that they were going to be there forever. <laughs> and I was really sad mm-hmm. when they weren't. And I also really like the character arc with Duncan Idaho, because in the film, you see him with Paul. You see them on the first planet. That's where you get the cute scene where Duncan and... um paul embrace and they're really cute um but then you also see duncan idaho after he has kind of infiltrated not infiltrated that sounds nefarious but gone to like i don't know he's gone to live with the fremen and he becomes a little bit more serious because that is what their culture is they are a more serious quiet people And I just thought that that was really interesting that he could show both sides of that character so well. The very, like, professional and uh, professional and reserved side of Duncan Idaho. Yeah. Just a really great character. I I love that character so much. I'll miss him every day. What a name. Yeah. Yeah. What a name. Really good name. Duncan Idaho. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) I think about that name a lot. Yeah. (laughs) good pick i'm i can't wait to talk about that film at length Mm -hmm. for i'll need to watch uh, it again in the future me too oh god what a great excuse (laughs) to watch it again oh god i can't wait to tell the story of when i first saw it one of my top five film watching memories of all time oh yeah big worm big worm (sighs) on the screen (laughs) Big worm, <laughs> good vibes and big worm. <laughs> okay, are you ready for my number one? I'm ready
1: for your number one. Oh
0: God! Number one, the character of Steve Harrington from the series Stranger Things. Mm. Wow, love that guy. Yeah. At the time of this recording, three series, three seasons have been released. Of the series Stranger Things on Netflix We are coming up on the release of the fourth season here in about a month or so Mm -hmm. So I'm hyped for that But Steve Harrington, as portrayed by Joe Keery uh, Is my favorite character in the entire series, obviously Um, Well, not obviously Uh, Hopper's up there, too He's a great character most of the time But Steve's the best in my book and it's funny because he's definitely a fan favorite across the board mm-hmm. everyone loves Steve often and i think it's interesting that a lot of people really like the growth that he um showed or not the growth but the the character arc that was written for him mm-hmm. in the first season because he kind of starts off as a minor uh antagonist i would say Mm -hmm. um or he's framed in that way and then by the end of the season comes around and aids our main cast Mm -hmm. in you know fighting the monsters and whatnot and it's funny because My viewing of the first season was that, like, I was never against Steve. I was like, you know what? This guy, he's got some shitty friends, but I don't see why people think he's a villain. Like, it's it's shocking to me that he was going to be, like, one of the main villains and die in the original conception of the first season. Yeah, there was never meant to be an arc for him. He was just meant to be a villain and then die somehow in the first season. Oh, no. That
1: would have been a crime.
0: I know, but Joe Keary was just so like affable and charming that they just wrote, they kept writing him in. (laughs) And I think it really shows. I think he does a great job in that role. He's extremely likable. Mm -hmm. I think he has just an immense talent for the comedic delivery of his lines. Like it's shocking to me how little he's on screen. This is also a pretty big ensemble cast. Mm -hmm. There's always multiple groups of people that have splintered apart and you're watching, you know, different, different subplots Mm -hmm. unfolding and every scene that he's in, I love it. I fucking love that scene. And he just, just elevates the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like I would watch I'd watch a whole show about just about Steve Harrington. He's so <laughs> fucking, just such a fucking joy to watch. He's great. Yeah. And um, I love when they pair him up. See, another great pairing, when they paired him with the character Dustin. That's a great combo, you I know? I love it. That's just like a magic I combination. And he teaches him how to do his What hair. a wholesome. <laughs> it's so, so wholesome. It's so wholesome combo yeah. all the time. The whole thing. The whole thing. Um, he's great. I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. I love it when he hits the guy with the bat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so vague. I love if you how he wields a sh- bat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, man. Great natural athleticism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. She's got what good chemistry. Yeah. Perfect.
1: Definitely. And I like his arc with um oh what's the girl's name? Nancy? Nancy? Yeah. Yeah. I like them like growing together and growing apart. I think that mm-hmm. um just showed that really well, like the growing apart that happens in high school. And I thought it portrayed like just a high school romance quite well. Um mm-hmm. And, like, trying to force something that just isn't there until it just kind of breaks. I don't know. I thought it was really good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I like that it wasn't, like, portrayed in an overly toxic way or anything, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah. It was just too pretty normal. It was more organic. Kids. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I will say, like, with regard to his character arc in the first season, mm-hmm. while I didn't think he had to come back from doing too many shitty things Mm -hmm. like i do really like the part where he did some type of graffiti i think calling nancy a slut Mm -hmm. or something like that on the town cinema Mm -hmm. and he my part that i did like about his redemption arc is that he took responsibility for that Mm -hmm. and went and you know volunteered to to clean it and fix it himself. Yeah. And I like that because it's a good example of accountability mm-hmm. and that's a, a character trait that uh, really sticks out to me when, when it's presented in a, in a series or on film, I think people are incorporating that more and more into media. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great example of why it's um really satisfying to, to see someone Admit they were wrong and choose to fix it and do it publicly. Yeah, so totally. That's great.
1: My number one pick is Walter Skinner from The X-Files. I will definitely talk about The X-Files on this podcast at some point. Um, But it's so wide-reaching that it's kind of hard to even talk about as a unit all by itself so I'm gonna have to think about Mm -hmm. how I'm gonna do that but Walter Skinner is a fantastic character and I don't have many notes about him um Mm -hmm. but generally the setup of the show right is that you have uh Dana Scully and Fox Mulder who are partnered up um in the FBI to work on the X-Files and Walter Skinner is their direct supervisor and throughout the show it alludes to this darker organization that is kind of controlling the FBI kind of has cards up its sleeve um and you don't really know who is good and who is bad because there is overlap here and as the show goes on Dana and Fox are um really struggling with who they can trust throughout the show. And again and again, Walter Skinner proves himself to be a trustworthy person. And he always has their backs, even though he has to pretend very frequently and very convincingly that he doesn't, that he is not on Mm -hmm. their side and constantly puts himself in danger to get them information that they need, protect them when This dark organization is trying to like disband the X Files, and he really rides that line of like keeping his job and seeming untrustworthy enough to be trusted by this dark organization. It becomes increasingly clear as you go through the series how much he cares for Mulder and Scully, and I just find him. I find his arc really interesting because you don't see him very frequently. You go, like, episodes without interactions with this man. But again and again, he just proves himself to be that trustworthy person that they need um, in a higher-up position. And he is always so fed up with Mulder's shit, but he still, <laughs> he still, like, sticks his neck out there for him. And I think that that's... Mm-hmm. Um, just a really great quality about him. And I really like his glasses. <laughs> they I don't know. <laughs> I think about, about his glasses. Yeah, I don't know. A good wardrobe really makes a show for me. I don't know. Wow. Um yeah. I like a good wardrobe, but but yeah, just one of my favorite characters. He is very complex and um I really love that you can trust him and that he's one of the only mm-hmm. people in the show that you know for a fact that you can trust, but mm-hmm. it builds that trust with the audience very strategically because at first the audience doesn't know who they can trust and you don't know anything more than um, Scully and Mulder. So I, it feels like the trust is built from the ground up, which I think makes me so attached to that character.
0: Mm-hmm. That is really satisfying, though, When when a character it turns out to be on your side Mm -hmm. and to such a dedicated extent. That's very satisfying.
1: Yeah. So good. I fucking love that (laughs) show. That's my favorite show ever. I love it so much, but yeah, our top fives. Wow. That's the top fives. Yeah. Do you have honorable mentions you'd like to bring up? I, I do have a couple. Mm
0: Yeah. Um, do you have any?
1: Um, I just have one, but might just free associate some out of thin air eventually.
0: Okay. Yeah, I have like maybe three I'll give as honorable mentions. And it's funny, too, because a lot of them bring the same elements as characters that made it on Mm -hmm. my top five list. Um, Let's see. I have Chicory from... Bone Tomahawk, the oh. film, played by Richard Jenkins. Oh, my God. What an adorable man. What an adorable character. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that guy. <laughs> He's so pure and wholesome. Yeah. Very reminiscent of, of Tom Cullen, mm-hmm. of your your love for Tom Cullen. That's how I feel about Chicory. Yeah. Sweet man. Yeah. Um, I have Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. The apple plus the apple tv show um wow what a great character i think you'd really love him he's very angry and grumpy all the time (laughs) i love an angry (laughs) grumpy man he's by far the best character um just head and shoulders above all the rest Mm -hmm. played by uh brett oh shit what's his name brett goldstein yeah Mm -hmm. Oh, fantastic. That guy kills it. Roy Kent, best character on Ted Lasso. Hands down. Beautiful. And, um, I have Salo from the book Sirens of Titan by Kurt Vonnegut. Mm. I think he was, he's almost a, seems like a direct precursor to Rocky in that he's uh. a, a multi legged mechanical life form from another planet and he loves nothing more than friendship Mm -hmm. and he his character just breaks my heart every time i read that book what a good book (sighs) shout out to (laughs) salo
1: um i would say that my honorable mentions i have recently started watching um or not recently i guess but my partner and i watch star trek the next generation a lot and so I would say that um, one of the characters that is obviously fascinating uh, is Data, who is played by uh, Brent Spinner. Um, I love a lovable android so much. I Mm -hmm. am here for it. Um, I think that it's really thought-provoking. The plot lines that are centered around him are very uh, thought-provoking. And um, they really make you think about what it is to be human and the search for humanity. Um, and yeah, it's just a really fun thing to think about a lot. Um, sticking with the same theme. I love any droid from the star Wars films, any of them or, or TV shows. Um, all of the droids are high quality (laughs) characters. I especially like it when they just communicate in beeps. That's my honorable mentions, I suppose. I don't think I can think of anything else.
0: That's fine. There's a a high probability that we may do a part two of this in the the future where we pick five more. Because, my God, how could you possibly remember all of your favorite supporting characters? Oh, man. Across all... All types of media. That's a lot of characters. Yeah, so, you know, put them in your notebook if you think of more, and we'll we'll fire up the top five again. Thanks for joining us this week on Friend Diagram.